The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello and welcome to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Not much. Uh, we did the NFC last week, and it's the AFC's turn, and we are closer to kickoff. Yeah, we are, man. Uh, we got the last preseason game coming up, uh, and then we'll have a couple of weeks until the uh, first regular season weekend and uh, that Thursday night game kicks things off. And uh, LA. yeah, we'll be on and running. So um, before we get into the AFC preview, uh, what'd you think of the Carolina Panthers naming Baker Mayfield starting quarterback? Uh, they didn't need to get to the last preseason game to uh, declare the competition over. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I got to say. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Um, I I I it's a, I think that was the plan all along. I know they wanted to be fair to Sam Darnold. I'll stay out. Give Sam Darnold credit. I mean, he was. I mean, he was the one that reached out to Baker to begin with, being a good teammate. But I think he even knew the writing on the wall. Um, I think now you're gonna see less diplomatic Baker and. Baker, uh, the the uh, passionate competitor, come out of them now, mm-hmm. and and I think I think things are going to be pretty good. You got a revamped offensive line. Um, I'm really interested to see how he and Robbie have been jailing or how they're going to how they are going to jail. Uh, you know, Robbie wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, he says he was sticking with Sam, sticking by his guy Sam Darnold, but um, I really wonder how that's been going. But we should be seeing Baker come out of the diplomatic show and more into what we all know Baker Mayfield to be. That's that fiery competitor that can get misconstrued for emotional, but you know. This is a game of emotion. If y'all have emotion, why are you here? Uh, anything stand out to you uh, in their second preseason game against Patriots? Uh, nothing really. I mean, prayers to Matt Corral. I mean, we were talking last week how it was really more also a battle for the third string spot. Uh, but P.J. Walker will probably be the third string quarterback since Matt Corral. Um, injured, Liz Frank injury, done for the season. Um, on a related Liz Frank injury, different sport, Chet Holmgren, number two pick, was out for the season as well. Um, so, Godspeed to both of those guys in their recovery. Yeah, that's tough news about uh, Chet Holmgren uh, being a uh... Being being lost for the season, a lot of high hopes and 
Oklahoma City for him uh, continues to put him on the list of big men who lost their rookie season due to injury and you just fear with guys that big and that tall that things that happen to their feet and their knees usually tend to hang around with them throughout their whole career so hopefully right. it's something that he can he can just suffer through one time and it not linger on and, and stunt mm-hmm. his, uh, his development going forward um, yeah. Anything else as far as sports um, news? Oh yeah, that um, uh, objects in the rearview mirror maybe appear uh, are larger than they appear, sir. Uh, I'm talking about the Atlanta Braves. Uh whatever they <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're coming back, but I guess who's still in first though? Yeah, that sounds like a, a nervous Mets fan, ladies and gentlemen. He's trying to have bravado and braggadocio on this podcast. But on the inside, he got the butterflies. Ain't no butterflies. This is, I mean, it's expected, but Mets are still in first, and they are winning right now against Colorado. So they're about to get win number 80, hopefully, and we'll just see how September plays out. Uh, Tom Brady decided to come back to training camp, so uh, vacation over. Yeah, that's really all what it was. So he must have been um, laying super low, cause there ain't no pictures of him surfaced nowhere, hanging out. Yeah. Um, also, the Rams Bengals had a joint practice, which ended in a all-out brawl. Aaron Donald swinging a Bengals helmet at players. Um, Lael Collins, Joe Mixon. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, Jay Gruden joins the Rams uh, staff. Oh, isn't that and, nice of Sean McVay looking out for his former bosses? It's all about who you know, baby. As a what? What is he, a quality control coach or something? Uh, He will be a consultant. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so... um, And then also, Shaquem Griffin, um, he retired from the NFL. Uh, It looks like since he was not able to join his brother, which really at this point what he wanted to do. Did he play uh, his four years? He did. Um, Get that pension. Don't retire before you played in four years. Right. So he did. Um, he did retire from the NFL, and he's gonna uh, help others as part of the NFL legends community. Um, and then J.C. Treader, former Brown center, uh, retired from football at the age of thirty-one. Um, but he will be still the NFL Players Association president. So that is very interesting as well. Um, Mr. Griffin is doing it pretty smart. He's going to retire after his four years, so he gets his pension. And he's going to get a job through the league. So that's pretty good. Right. Yeah, very and even for Treader too, because he still he still gets to stay on as uh, mm-hmm. president of the I NFLPA. I don't think that's a paid position, but I'm pretty sure he could transition that into something 
Right. Inside the PA that he could get paid for. But, uh, but yeah, though, so that's the football news, other news. Uh, you know, Don trying to troll me with the Braves, but that's okay, though. <laughs> I am not. I am, I am confident this season in the Mets. I know there have been collapses in the past, but we are onward and forward from that, so. All right, so on this edition of Note the Score, we're going to go onward and forward with our NFL preview. This week, we're going to talk about the AFC as a conference, as a whole. So, um, going to have the same kind of format that we had last week. Going to go through the divisions, talk about uh, who finished where, where we think teams are going to finish. And again, Dwayne, who is the best player throughout the whole division uh, that that we're that we're getting to? Yes, play player, not play, not sides. Yes, overall player. Yes. So we'll start in the AFC East, where for the first time in almost twenty years, we had a new king of the road. Buffalo Bills have asserted themselves atop the AFC East and claimed their division, set the flag down. It is theirs now. They met the Kansas City Chiefs in an epic playoff game that people are still talking about today. And uh, came up short in overtime. Bad defensive play calling by Leslie Frazier. Still wonder how that man has a job. You've got... The New England yeah, Patriots finished second behind rookie quarterback Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Looking to get some improvements. It's going to be hard, though. He lost his offense coordinator. Mr. McDaniels is on to coach the Las Vegas Raiders, so we'll be talking about him and them a little bit later. You got the Miami Dolphins. They acquired Tyreek Hill in the offseason trying to uh, help the development or the bust potential of Tua this year. You got a new coach, Mike McDonald, coming over from the 49ers. You got Brian Flores being vindicated that, yes, Miami wanted that man to lose games and get paid for it, take on purpose, as uh, their ownership uh, uh, was suspended. Stephen Ross suspended for a year. Uh, due to that uh, investigation. And then bringing up the rear, you have the New York Jets. They've already they've already suffered a setback here in the preseason. Uh, Second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson, uh, meniscus injury on his knee, had to have a little surgery. They're hoping that he's going to be ready for the start of the regular season. But if not, they're going to go with the old veteran Joe Flacco in his place. Waka Flacco Flacco. People very excited about the New York Jets and what they did in the offseason uh, with their draft. But we'll start at the top. Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen. Yeah, the former Carolina North. <laughs> Josh Allen seems to be everybody's pick to ascend to the very tippy top of the quarterbacks of the AFC after that playoff game in which he 
threw for over 350 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Answered Patrick Mahomes every time he had to and just didn't get his hands on the ball one more time. So what do you see for the Buffalo Bills, man? They uh, they lose offensive coordinator Brian Dayball. He goes to the New York Jets. I mean, New York Giants. I don't know why I'm messing up Jets and Giants this year. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you've been off on that. I know. Uh, Got Ken Dorsey taking over from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. Shout out to Ken Dorsey, though you, the last great Miami team. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so your thoughts on um, Buffalo, uh, like you said, Carolina North, the coaching staff and the philosophy you know pretty well. Um, you know, this is a, this is this is the first time in a long time people are like, hey, Buffalo, all eyes on you. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, going to be very interesting. Not only do – not only do they get uh, Ken Dorsey as a new coordinator, they also they also added a couple of players as well. Von Miller, uh, Roger Saffold. You know, Von Miller's on a big six-year, one twenty million, so that's going to help their defense on that side. Um, I really like the fact that. Not only do you have um, Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator, but uh, Joe Brady, who was uh, with the Carolina Panthers as offensive coordinator, is the quarterback's coach. Mm. So um, if Josh Allen wasn't already a problem, he's going to be even more of a problem. I do like the fact that they added – so um, they added a lot of uh, defense. Uh, I, I like their defensive side more than anything else. And then uh, in the interior on the offensive line was probably their weak point. That's where Saffold comes in, um, signing with from the Tennessee Titans. So goes from uh, protecting one seventeen in Ryan Tannehill to another. Uh, Bills have a lot of high hopes. I can see them winning 12 games, repeating as the NFC East champs. And and um, we also need to see what's going to happen in the, in the um, stadium front because this is the last season at the current Highmark Stadium, formerly Rich Stadium, Ralph Wilson Stadium, 50... One years in that building. I thought they said they were gonna like extend it and then build a new stadium or something. I thought they had it. I thought they came to some sort of conclusion. So it looked like they had a deal which would have started a, which would have started a construction and it would have been. They would have ended up having open up in uh, two thousand and. 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing that uh, looks like they looks like they did get the deal. Um, it looks like they did get the deal done in March. So it looks like the Bills have a 30-year lease. 
uh, that will keep them in Buffalo. Um, we should see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but basically, the at the uh, at the end of twenty twenty, yeah, the at that time it looks like. But I think they did strike a deal in March to get a new stadium underway uh, to replace to replace um, the current Highmark Stadium. Right, right. All right, next up, we're going to go to New England Patriots. Uh, a lot of turnover there. Josh McDaniels, like I said, leaving to go be the head coach of the Raiders. You're bringing back uh, uh, Matt Patricia. You're bringing back Joe Judge to be the co-offense coordinator, as Bill Belichick has described it. Um, you've got New England kind of like name some of their players besides Mac Jones. Can you do that? They got Bolden, and that's about it. I can't name any of their receivers. None of their tight Harry, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, but isn't he hurt again? I want to say he is. Yeah, so, you know, he's one of those guys that you can't really count, count on a lot. Uh, defensively, you know, they're still strong defensively. They got a few more names, as you could probably name, over on the defensive side. Well, Brandon Bolden actually went to Vegas. So. Oh, really? So, see? Yeah. One less name. So, right now, Matthew man. Slater. Yeah, so Matthew Slater, he is uh, the probably the big, the top receiver currently. Uh, they did sign Ty Montgomery. And... Yeah, that's really it from the because uh, Malcolm Perry and James White both retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Nikhil. Oh well, Nikhil Harry was traded to the Bears for us twenty twenty four seventh. Yeah. See. So. Yeah, it's not like uh, you know Matt Jones is working with a whole bunch of uh, known commodities over there, right. so he's gonna have to. Uh, do what really good quarterbacks do, and that's make somebody famous. And that might be a lot to ask of a second-year quarterback. Um, a lot of, a lot of eyes will be on Tyquan Thornton. They, they drafted him in the second round of this year's draft. So, a high round pick uh, out of Baylor. So, they're going to be probably relying on him to uh, make an immediate impact. He had. His senior season, he has 62 catches for 948 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 14 games of play. Second team all Big 12. When you're, uh, what's your crystal ball see for New England this year? Is this going to be uh, a total crash and burn where maybe uh, people start taking a harder look at Mac Jones and, and it may be, uh, hey, we may need to start thinking about a different direction? I think as long as Bill Belichick is the head coach of that team, they're always going to be they're always going to be around. I think they may not make the playoffs this year, but they're going to be in the realm of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? So... I really think that I really think that 
I see nine and eight maybe out of them, eight and nine, nine and eight out of them. But it's going to be a team that's going to – I think their defense is going to definitely keep them in the game. And if their defense can keep them in the game, then, you know, you always have a chance to win. Um, and not only they get – because they still have a good offensive line. Trent Brown is still uh, leading that offensive line. They still got Brian Coyer, who's going to be Mac Jones' quarterback whisperer again. Uh, Devin McCourty's back. Jawan Bentley re-signed. Um, Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower still out there. Um, Jacoby Myers, that's who the other guy I was thinking of, other than Nikhil Harry on the on the wide receiver front. But and, and then looking at you know, on the, again, on the defense side, Jabril Peppers signed with the Patriots in the offseason. Malcolm Butler's back in a New England uniform. So there's a lot of a lot of talent on that defensive side. And it's going to be very interesting to see what will happen in the in the days going forward for New England. But I see 9-8. and eight. A scrappy bunch. Matt Jones gonna do what keep the team in the game on the offensive side, and if the defense, you know, looks as good as they do on paper, then they'll win more games than you think. We got the Miami Dolphins coming in. Like I said, new coach uh, uh, Mike McDonald coming in from San Francisco, bringing in that man's a hero. Man, I was born in 1983, and he is well. Sean McVay's younger, but still <laughs> one of the young, young head coaches in the league, though. Uh, bringing in that Shanahan style offense to the Dolphins, uh, gonna uh, have a lot of things to work with. As uh, he's had Jalen Waddle coming off of a career year last year, his best year. You've got Grisecki at tight end. Now you add Tyreek Hill to that mix. So it's going to be a, a lot of uh, offensive firepower expected from the Dolphins. Uh, they've had one of the best defenses over the last couple of years over Brian Flores. So uh, Mike McDonald is going to definitely hope that that kind of stays uh, at the level that it's been. Is Miami the dark horse of the AFC uh, just by – to maybe taking the next step and having the threat of Tyreek Hill kind of simultaneously happening for them. They can be. The only concern I have with them is their running game. I mean, is it going to be running back by committee? Is it going to be running back? uh, Someone's going to take the horse. I mean, Gaskin and Ahmed. I mean, Ahmed kind of broke out towards the end of the season, but didn't do much to really, you know, impress me that much. Uh, Sonny Michelle did sign with them, as well as Raheem Mostert, who played with Medellin uh, from the 49ers. Um, yeah, you got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Trent Sherfield, Preston Williams. Um, Mohamed Sanu is in, New- is in Miami as well. He's still uh, in the league? He is. That's impressive. And then um, and I also like the interior. I mean, the interior of this line. I mean, they got 
Taryn Armstead from the Saints. They got Connor Williams, who played in Dallas. So uh, a lot of very, very interesting pieces on that offensive side of the ball. And I think if you get a healthy Byron Jones coming back and Xavier Howard on the other side, uh, this could be a team that could be pretty dynamic. Uh, it's going to really be on Tua. Like, you, there's literally zero excuse for him now. He's got the weapons. He's got an offensive-minded coach. It's on him. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't perform, then Miami's going to be looking for a quarterback in that draft or going to be looking at options in free agency. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. All right. Last, the New York Jets. Like we said, Zach Wilson coming into his second year, suffered setback, hurt knee, so he's missing a valuable training camp time. Uh, right now, everybody's super excited with the Jets, what they did in the draft, getting Sauce Gardner, uh, getting the uh, linebacker from Florida State and also receiver. So um, New York Jets still in the building mode. Um, what would constitute a successful season for you uh, from the New York Jets? So, one, I do love the draft the Jets had. Um they got Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Amon Gardner, that fourth pick from Cincinnati, Jermaine Johnson in the third. He was a third pick there. Um, I see from the Jets, I see a good six, seven wins. Uh, they went, what was the record a year ago? Um, let me see what the what was the record of the year ago. I don't think they won more than three or four games. Two, uh, they were four and thirteen. So, yeah. so I think a successful season would be seven. Okay, um, six maybe seven because uh, they went two and fourteen the year before that four and thirteen season. So if they can get. Um, they can get six wins. Uh, I mean, New York football has been pretty dead for a long time. Um, if you really look at a lot of these New York franchises, um, it seems like except for the Yankees, the both New York football teams um, until this past season, the Mets weren't all that great. The Knicks have been the Knicks. Everybody, they had that great year um, the year before. Well, not the year before. They had a great year where they made the playoffs, but then and then um, the Nets and their disarray of and their comedy act of the summer. And then, so, but football in New York has been pretty dead. And so... You got one side of the MetLife Stadium where, you know, it's a question of if their quarterback's even going to make it another year. And then you got the other side where 
the quarterback who was decent is hurt. So I, I do see some hope there. They are well coached. Um, Robert Saleh is is well supported. I think Brees Hall will be a impact player right away. Um, they're gonna have to figure out quickly what's going what they're gonna do with uh, Denzel Mims. Uh, he has had personal issues. He hasn't been injury issues, and now he's requesting a trade uh, from the Jets. So. A lot. I think that's one of the reasons why they drafted Gary Wilson, uh, because I think they are at their wits' end with um, Denzel Mims. Uh, you look at the tight end, CJ Uzama, who's with the Bengals. He's now a Jet, uh, so he's going to be the top tight end. And they, there's a lot of good pieces, and I really think uh, the Jets have something to work with. This is going to be interesting to see how they apply all that um, going forward. All right. Give me your division winner for the AFC. All right. Buffalo is the division winner. Do you see a wild card team in this division? Miami. All right. So you got Buffalo and Miami making a playoff score to Dwayne. Um, I agree with you with Buffalo definitely being the the division winner. Um, Until somebody proves me otherwise, I still think New England is going to be a wild card team. They're going to do the same things they did last year, just find a way to win enough games to, like you said, be in the mix. So I think we'll get two wild card teams from there as well. Now for the million-dollar question, who is the best player in all of the AFC East. That was Josh Allen. Okay. How about you? I agree with that. I agree with being Josh Allen. Because yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill is up there. Oh yeah, very close. And that would probably be my number two. A distant third would probably be Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. and then uh, on the other side of on the other side, I would say CJ mostly on the Jets. What's the What's the cornerback from Miami? Bradbury. Xavier uh, Howard. Yeah, Xavier Howard. Excuse me. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's in the top five. Uh, too. Yeah. 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 So all right. So AFC East. Now we move on to the AFC North. Where you've got the Baltimore Ravens coming off of just all kinds of injury last year. It started in preseason when they lost all the running backs just about. Then they lost all the cornerbacks. Then they lost Lamar Jackson. But until they, up until the point where they lost Lamar Jackson, they were still in first place in the AFC North. So uh, it gives you the testament to Harbaugh and that whole front office and the depth that they have and the coaching that they have uh, within the building for the Ravens. Pittsburgh Steelers, end of an era. Ben Roethlisberger has taken it to the house to be a family man. Uh, so Mitchell Trubisky was signed in the offseason. 
Uh, unfortunately, Dwayne Haskins passed away in the summer. He was supposed to be a, a part of this mix this year. Uh, they drafted Kenny Pickett, and uh, Kenny Pickett has looked very good in the preseason. Doesn't look like Mitchell Trubisky has a firm grasp on this starting job. They may just kind of throw him out there just because, give Pickett a little bit more time to get ready. But I think people are really excited about Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Then you've got the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we've documented uh, how their offseason has gone uh, with the, you know, exchanging Baker for Deshaun Watson and now dealing with the suspension of Deshaun Watson and rolling with Jacoby Brissett for now we know 12 games. People are asking them why aren't they interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think I understand exactly why. I think we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later when we get into Cleveland a little bit deeper. Um, Jarvis Landry no longer a member of the Browns, though. So, long time, you know, Cleveland Brown going on to greener pastures. So, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what Cleveland is going to be because in, on paper, they're locked and loaded to have a good season. But that's kind of been Cleveland's MO the last two seasons. Hasn't really panned out yet, but we'll see if this is going to be the year. And then we have the reigning, defending, AFC champions, also AFC North champions, Cincinnati Bengals, the baddest young man on the planet, Joe Burrow, led the Bengals to the Super Bowl last year, teaming up with his old college buddy, Jamar Chase, set the league on fire, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, offense, really started clicking, uh, defense did just enough to get better during the season. Offensive line held up for two and two-thirds quarters in the Super Bowl, but then Aaron Donald and the game plan got away from the Bengals in the Super Bowl, so they lost that. But the Bengals um, pretty much coming back with their same team. They didn't really add too much or lose too much. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of bringing back their crew, and they're going to run it back and see what they can do. So, uh, we'll start there with Cincinnati. Um, can they find themselves in the AFC Championship game again? It's possible. Um, I do think that they have the opportunity to do so. I, I do like the fact that they did improve on the offensive line by adding uh, Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ted Karras from the New England Patriots, and Lael Collins from the Cowboys. So one of the biggest problems for that um, off uh, for Cincinnati was that offensive line. Uh, not only did Aaron Donald Rick shop in the Super Bowl, but they allowed nine sacks to – the Tennessee Titans and barely skated out the divisional playoff game. Yeah, because Tannehill couldn't figure out which team he was on. Right. And so uh, that we'll get to that later on. But I think with an improved offensive line, losing not that much, and it's, you know, a pretty semi-revamped uh, defense there. I think that this is definitely 
a team that is very capable of of a repeat. All right. We'll go with Baltimore next up. Um, they definitely will not suffer as many injuries as they did last year. There's just no way in, in, in the law of averages that that will happen to them two years in a row. Uh, we've talked about Lamar uh, and the contract situation. Says he's not going to negotiate in the season, so we got a couple more weeks to go uh, to see if they can get him a long-term deal or not. Um, traded Hollywood Brown in the offseason. Um, so where does the is this uh, I, I ask you this is this the year where we see Lamar take a giant step as a pocket passer and does that style of play get Baltimore over the top and into at least the AFC championship game because I think they're going to make the playoffs well I think I don't think there should be any hard heartlessness towards and yeah so sorry let me try that again Uh, I think for the for the Ravens and for Lamar Jackson, I think he has been working a lot better in the pocket and he's been doing a lot of great things in that area. And he is a worker of his craft and he knows what makes him special. He knows what doesn't make him special, what he can do on the what you can do on the ground and through the air is pretty remarkable. So one thing that I do want to see him do is elevate not just as a competitor, but as a person too. And so when you end up trying to go through and make everybody better, the I think the whole I think his his play will be what is the key to the offense. He has a receiver. So you're saying uh, that it's time for his greatness to show up and then make somebody famous. Like Rashad. Right. Bateman. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. And and he has the and if health holds up, because we know for the Ravens that's what killed him last season. But if the health holds up, um, they definitely have a good uh, chance to really be something good. So um, Hollywood Brown, you lose him. Um, and then, but I do think that, I do think that they, they're going to use the power game. I think they're going to be running the ball a lot. Mark Andrews is still there. So, 
Baltimore's going to, it's going to be very interesting and we'll just have to see what happens. And I'll, uh, once I get, once we get to the picks, I'll tell you who I think is going to, um, win it all. All right. You've got the Cleveland Browns. Um, they're going to have to wait uh, most of this season before they can trot out their new shiny franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. They went for it in the offseason. Uh, they went for the gusto to acquire what could potentially be the best quarterback in the franchise of the Cleveland Browns history, um, which goes back a long ways, but it's been a long time since Cleveland has even had a quarterback approaching this good. Um, I, I, Jacoby Brissett has has been uh, the backup. He's going to be the one that's going to start the season, navigate Cleveland through these 12 games. People have been asking since the suspension is so long now, why don't they go out and try to upgrade at the position? A lot of people are clamoring about Jimmy G going out, making a trade for him, or paying him whatever the one-year salary would be once 49ers release him. I think Cleveland should just go ahead and stick with Brissett because if Jimmy G plays well, you just create a quarterback controversy that's unnecessary. Uh-huh. It's a lot easier to just be like, hey, Jacoby Brissett was, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, 8-4 and four through the 12 games. It's okay, but, you know, everybody knew what the deal was. He knew what the deal was. It was great. You know, you got us through, you know, most of the season with a winning record. We're still in the mix and pass the baton off to Deshaun and he'll take us the rest of the way. Whereas if Jimmy Garoppolo comes in there and goes 8-4, and four, you know, it's not as easy to be like, well, you know, we're just going to hand it off to Deshaun. He hadn't played in a year and blah, blah, blah. You know, it'd be a lot harder. It'd be a lot more variables to why maybe Deshaun shouldn't just come back in and start if you got Garoppolo versus having Brissett, which was the plan the whole time. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's my take. And, so, for me, um, I wish the suspension was longer, but it is longer than the original. Right. Six games that you're supposed to get, so uh, you know beggars can be choosers at this point, and and yeah, I think a lot of these, a lot of these um, cases need to be reviewed again, but uh, you know double jeopardy and all that. But as far as on the field. I think that they might be the best team equipped to handle something like this, though, because of their running backs. Not only their running backs, but they got a very favorable schedule, too. I mean, they they get a they get a lot of weaker, a lot of uh, weak NFC teams to start out. I know they right. play Washington. Uh, actually, they play the game. He'll come back. I think they play Washington like the second week after that. No, they play Carolina to start, and they play Atlanta in the first 
a few games. They played Detroit. I think they played like three or four kind of easy, quote unquote. Yeah. So here's their schedules at Carolina, Jets, Steelers, at Falcons, Chargers, Patriots, at Baltimore, Cincinnati on a Monday night, and then they got the bye. Then, yeah, at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa Bay, at Houston. That's when Deshaun returns. Right. Baltimore, we'll know if that's a Saturday or Sunday game. Um, Saints at Washington at Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. This schedule gets a lot harder once they jump into their division. And uh, after, the, you know, that game against Houston, you know, who's to say that's going to be an easy game, especially if Deshaun plays? Because, I mean, you got to figure the man hasn't played football in so long. I don't care who you are, how good you are, what your skills are. I mean, you haven't been facing live bullets in, in, in over a year, almost two seasons. Uh, I, I'm not expecting him to be super anything, you know what I mean? Right. And maybe people are underestimating just how hard this game is <laughs> at that position. Uh-huh. You know, to go from, you know, not playing at all to, hey, we're going to come back in here where everybody else has been geared up and playing this, going strong for the last, you know, five months. And I'm just going to just come out the house and, and step on the field and be ready to go. Nah, man. I, I, I think Cleveland might actually struggle a little bit in the second half of the season with Deshaun trying to find his legs. Yeah, it's going to be a. Long, it's gonna be a long winter in in uh, Cleveland this coming season. So then we've got Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ben Roethlisberger retired. Uh, uh, we've got some, you know, first time in a long time. Pittsburgh's kind of in a transition. Um, we've got defense getting a little older. Um, some guys, um, you know, coming up on you know, their second contracts and we know how Pittsburgh notoriously doesn't really extend guys past really their second contracts. They'll they'll do a lot of uh letting guys go and just kinda elevating backups. So this is a very um weird year for the Steelers. They're not projected to be in the mix, even though somehow last year uh Mike Tomlin got them uh into the playoffs uh with Ben Roethlisberger on his last leg. Uh, and and this will be the first year that Pittsburgh's home is not going to be known as Heinz Field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Trubisky or Pickett? Would you go ahead and just be like Pickett? What you got? Let's do it. And Tomlin, if you got a losing record, you just got a losing record. Or would you? Try to see how far you could go with Trubisky, and then maybe once he proves he can't do it, then you finally reserve it, resign yourself to the fact to go to Pickett. I think you just got to go with the young. Uh, you got to go. With, you got to give Kenny the chance. I think if he's pro- proving himself in the preseason, and if he's doing, if he's having a great preseason, don't cut the momentum from. Don't cut that momentum from him. 
just go ahead, get the start, get him started. He's going to take his lumps anyway. I mean, no matter when you put him in as a starter, he's going to be getting his lumps, so might as well just get him in while you can now. And and uh, just let him go from there. Um, I really think that he's going to be the – I think if Mitch – Mitchell Trubisky's going to be struggling, and and he's going to be the Mitchell Trubisky we know in Chicago. And remember in Chicago, just go ahead and just let, let Kenny Pickett go through the growing pain so he can eventually be what we think he can be is, and, uh, and that is um, – with that first-round pick. I mean, he's familiar with Pittsburgh. He's familiar with the community. So he's – I think this would probably be the guy they would want – the fans would want to be starting anyway. All right. Your division winner for the AFC North, sir. (sighs) I'm going to say Cincinnati because they didn't have any turnover – didn't have that much turnover. I think their biggest loss was CJ Uzama. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do like, you know, I think Lamar is the best player in the division. Okay, can I answer that? And and that's because he's so dynamic. And he does a lot of special things, and I this is me coming from somebody that is becoming a Joe Burrow fan. Like, I love Joe Burrow's game, but um, I think Lamar's still the best player in that division, but I think Cincinnati is the better team. They just have a lot of weapons on that offensive side of the ball, and and their defense is still pretty stout. So, except Eli Apple, but that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, Wildcard team out of the north? Uh, I'll say Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, I'll pick them as a wild card. I think uh, with Cleveland, they just have too much to, I think, I mean, Deshaun Watson will be back. I think it may be a little too late. And then, and then um, I think it's going to be a battle to Baltimore. I mean, Cleveland and Pittsburgh for third. Okay. Yeah, I think Cincinnati is definitely uh, the team that you would look forward to to uh, kind of win the division again. Uh, but, yes, I'm with you. Baltimore definitely will be very close on their heels and uh, should get their, the wild card in the uh, the north uh, if there is one to be had. Next, we're going to go to the AFC South. The old... Division with Houston coming off of a season with no Deshaun Watson, uh, getting a new head coach. Um, looks like they might have found a quarterback, though, uh, in all of this. Davis Mills looks like um, he had some very good games, very efficient as a rookie in the second half of the season. So they're going to give him an opportunity this year to kind of run it back and see if they uh, 
if they've got something with him. You've got Tennessee Titans uh, coming off a disappointing playoff game at home. Uh, had the best record in the AFC last year. Uh, they won something ridiculous like 12 straight games or something like that. They were they were the hottest team in football. Yeah, and then Ryan Tannehill throws three interceptions against the Bengals in a game where they sacked Joe Burrow nine times at home in the playoffs, and they lost. Uh, they didn't have Derrick Henry to finish out the season or in the playoffs, so that definitely set them back. Uh, they trade A.J. Brown in the offseason. They gain Robert Woods, but he is still hurt. So it may be a few games into the season before they have his services. Uh, we've got the Indianapolis Colts, who came within a, a very bad Carson Wentz performance of the playoffs last year. They had to win two out of their last three games to get to the playoffs. As a, and, and as a result, they jettison <laughs> Carson Wentz to Washington. Yes, Carson Wentz now plays for my team. They improved their quarterback position by gaining Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons. So they've gone from, in the last three years, Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz, now to Matt Ryan. Uh, Jonathan Taylor led the league in rushing last year. You had uh, Michael Pittman Jr. emerge as a, a up-and-coming receiver. Uh, their tight end is very good as well last year. So you've got some things on the offense cooking uh, for the Colts. Their defense uh, even though their defensive coordinator got hired by the Bears for head coaching job. Defense, one of the best in the league. Uh, very fast, very good ball-hawking defense. So Indianapolis is primed and ready to maybe be a serious, serious threat to kind of move into the upper echelon of AFC teams this year. And then you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they got Urban Meyer up out of the paint. Uh, they've gone they tried the college thing it lasted one season uh they've gone to doug peterson gotten some professionals back in the building to work with um trevor lawrence trevor etn is going to be able to play this year they've been taking it easy with their starters making sure everybody gets to the um to the regular season uh their number one draft pick looked pretty good in the preseason so far uh, so it looks like uh, they've 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 done pretty good in uh, so far in, with their draft for this season. So a lot of big things just uh, expected out of Jacksonville. You know, a lot of people are calling this kind of Trevor Lawrence's true rookie year, just because it was so dysfunctional last year with Urban Meyer that it was no way that he he could succeed. So a lot of people looking forward to really getting a chance to see uh, what Trevor Lawrence can do uh, with some real NFL coaching. Uh, so we'll start with the Titans. Um, do you think they're yeah. going to be able to bounce back from such a devastating – well, not them as a whole, let's put it this way. Ryan Tannehill, you think he's going to be able to bounce back from such a devastating end of last season? Now he's got pressure as they have Malik Willis, who's just been tearing it up in the preseason. Uh, I mean, but behind give him a Given Malik Will has only been playing against, you know, not really NFL talent. Dude, I don't care who you play against. Sometimes talent is just talent and it pop off the screen and that dude got talent that pop off the screen. He, I ain't saying he doesn't. He would I'm be doing saying. that against first drinkers if they allowed I, him to play against those guys. 
I'm not saying he doesn't have talent, but um, I like the. I I I don't think I think Ryan Tannehill is going to bounce back. Um, it's going to be very interesting because you know he's got <laughs> at least he has Robert Woods. You know I think that's going to be his top receiver there. Mm-hmm. Um, he got Robert Woods. He got Austin Hooper. Those are probably going to be the two guys going to be relying on the most. Um, Malik Wills will be entrenched in that second string uh, role, uh, that backup role. So we may be – I mean, unless Tannehill gets hurt, we may be seeing him. We could be seeing him a lot sooner. We, we don't hope – not wishing the injury on anybody, of course, but um, – but the key to the Titans is always going to be number 22 in the backfield. Um, Derrick Henry is still the key to that Titans offense. And, but we do know if the game's on the line, it has to be in the hands of the quarterback. And... You know, like you said, like Ryan Tannehill has revived his career as a Titan. But the only problem is all that can go away in one game. Just look at Jake DeLone. <laughs> Jake DeLone did magnificent things. That 2003 season was a dream season for Carolina. And then 2008 happened. The playoff game happened. The five interceptions and the fumble, and Jake DeLone was not the same ever again. So, ironically enough, Jake DeLone's number was 17. <laughs> so I can see Tannehill bouncing back, mm-hmm. but I can also see the opposite side of that because I as a fan have experienced that. So cuz what's going to happen is he's going to try so hard to prove everybody wrong that he overthinks and does the wrong thing. So if he doesn't overthink, I think he'll be fine. If he overthinks, you might be seeing Malik Willis a little bit earlier than anticipated. People, we're talking about the most dangerous team headed towards the playoffs last season. We're going to be the Indianapolis Colts when it looked like with about four games left in the season, they were going to be a lot to get in the playoffs. Then a funny thing happened. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, so everybody hit the we got to blame the quarterback button because Wentz just played awful in the games that mattered the most. It's just taking too much risk, put too much pressure on himself, and caused Indy to implode and miss out on a golden chance to really uh, – They it. had a chance to win at Jacksonville while the Jaguars were 
in flux and in in a very bad way, and they blew it. Yeah, they did. But Carson Wentz didn't play good down the stretch. He didn't, and then it all bottomed out in Jacksonville. Right. So now with Matt Ryan added to this mix, you've got, you know, veteran quarterback. You've got an awesome – I mean, basically, you've got a team in place that a 37 or however-year-old Matt Ryan is quarterback the last two years of his, you know, last two or three good years, this is a team perfectly built for him. Um, Does Indianapolis, like I said, is this the year where they kind of make it into the upper echelon of the AFC where they're maybe the number two seed out of the whole conference? I mean, they're going to be... I mean, Matt Ryan is going to... Matt Ryan is going to make them a better team. No doubt about it. Um, Now, I think they're going to be probably the biggest threat to the Titans. I think it's going to be a two-team race between between them and the Titans at this point. So, I I like the fact that I like it. I like the Matt Ryan edition. I think it's going to be a very good edition and I think that I think it's going to be very interesting because look at you got Jonathan Taylor who broke out, Matt Ryan at QB, Nick Foles is his backup, you got Naeem Hines who's going to be the receiving back out of the back, well he's going to be the speed back, Jonathan Taylor is the power and speed, Harris Campbell, Kiki QT, uh, T.Y. Hill's still out there. We got Michael Pittman Jr., um, Mo Alley Cox. Surprised he's still in the league. Um, and when you got Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson on the interior, Matt Ryan's going to have a lot of time to throw that ball. And Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, mm-hmm. uh, when he gets healthy, Will be, will be um, stout on that defense. I mean, look at the the defense is pretty impressive too. They got Yannick Gakwe, who's kind of been around the league. <laughs> it seems like the last few years from Jacksonville to Baltimore to Minnesota. Now he's in Indianapolis. Uh, DeForest Buckner, Tyquan Lewis, uh, Quiddy Pay. And then you got Bobby O'Kariki as well. And then in the secondary, Kenny Moore. Uh, Stephon Gilmore signed with the Colts this offseason. <laughs> and, yeah, this is an impressive team. I think they do have the chance to really supplant Tennessee from the AFC South perch. We're going to move down to Houston. Um they're moving on from Deshaun Watson. Who's their new coach? Their new coach is. Give me just a second. I want to tell you that right now. Um, their new head coach is. Drumroll, please. Lovey Smith. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, I I can I, I Lovey all grayed out in the press conference. Yeah, I, I now I see it. Yeah, so Lovey Smith uh, coming down here to Houston. Obviously not going to get a fair shake with kind of what Houston's got going on, a team in turmoil. Um, Bill O'Brien just trading away pick after pick after pick for a free agent and, and trades. And now they don't have anything really much to talk about. Well, uh, well you got to give Nick Cesario a lot of credit. I mean, they ended up with the, they ended up getting the third pick, which they use on Derek Stingley mm-hmm. from LSU, probably the best cornerback in the draft. They ended up they got the three picks from they got the three picks from Cleveland, and then they traded the 13th selection for the 15th selection with the Eagles which was the Miami selection. They got Kenyon Green, interior offensive liner from Texas A&M. They had two second-round picks, which was also – they had two second-round picks. They had a third-round pick, two fifth-round picks. They did pretty well in this draft. What's a good win total for Houston? Uh, Let's see – I would say a good one total for the Texans would be six. Okay. Five or six. Okay. All right. Um, Pep Hamilton's offensive coordinator. Um, not much known about the defense coordinator, Duck Cesare. Uh, they got Rex. You know, love you're going to be calling that thing, man. Right. Um, but. Davis Mills, I like I like Davis Mills game. He really was thrown into the fire on that Thursday night game against Carolina and he really showed out. Ended up getting the QB job the rest of the way. Uh, even after Tyron Taylor came back. Um Brandon Cooks is still the top receiver. They added Chris Conley, Philip Dorsett. But it is um, still, still the um, Brandon Cooks is still going to be the guy there. Um, rebuilt offensive line. Uh, Larry Tunsil is still on the left tackle side. Uh, Scott Quisenberry is their center. Justin Britt's also there. AJ Can Kenyon Green, who's the first round pick. Um, looking at. The secondary, uh, you have Derek Stingley, you got Desmond King, Eric Murray on the – Steven Nelson still there. Um, Jalen Petrie from Baylor, second-round pick, probably going to be a day-one starter as well. And so the Texans, they have, they have some players there, but I think with the Colts and the Titans – still there. I think it's still going to be a lot of work to do for them. Last but not least, the Jacksonville Jaguars got a lot of optimism down there. Young team, especially offensively. Doug Peterson coming in, uh, adding some professionalism and uh, being the you know quarterback guru that he has been uh, in his career prior to this stop in Jacksonville. I think people are really looking forward to, you know, the seasons to come, not necessarily this season in Jacksonville. But what would you call a successful season for Jacksonville as far as wins? 
Uh, right around the same as the Texans. I think five to uh, five to uh, seven wins. I think seven will be. Uh, I think eight would probably be a little too generous, but I think just because Doug Peterson is there, they spent the number one pick on Trayvon Walker. Um, they made a few uh, trades in the draft. Well, they had some previously arranged trades, but um, yeah, I think Trent Balky hit, hit it with Doug Peterson. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to have some like I said, it's a professional environment. I think it's going to be good for the players, good for their morale. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons on all, both sides of the ball. And I'm really interested to see how how everybody gels at this point. So Evan Ingram, he came, he's over there in Jacksonville now. Um, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, it's uh, a nice little wide receiving core for Trevor Lawrence. So he's got a lot of weapons, and I like six or seven wins. Um, but, you know, this could be a team that could possibly make a whole lot of surprising noise. So you just never know. Just got to just watch out and see. All right, sir, your division winner. For the AFC division sport. winner, I'm going now that I looked at them a little bit closely. I want to say the Colts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say the Colts. I think they just got a little bit more on with the addition of Matt Ryan. I think they just got a little bit more. I think if they can, if they, if no team is signed T.Y. Hilton and if the Colts decide to bring him back. Then, yeah, that could be something really brewing there in in Indianapolis. Uh, best player in the AFC South, sir. Jonathan Taylor. All right, all right. Any wild cards possibilities? Tennessee, a wild card. All right, all right. So, how about you? I think Indianapolis is going to be the best team in that division, and I don't think there's going to be any wild cards out of that division. I think Tennessee is going to come close, but I, I don't think their quarterback is going to hold up uh, this year. So that brings us to our final division, the Glamour Division, the one that's got all the quarterbacks, all the rock star quarterbacks. And speaking of which, the AFC is just like it was when I was a kid. They got all the good quarterbacks are in the AFC. NFC got two good quarterbacks, Brady and and and, and um, Rogers. And Rogers, and everybody else is like, oh, everybody else is just okay, right? I mean, AFC is loaded, and then one division, this division, ah, shoot, is the epitome. Okay, I I want to resend my Tennessee wild card. Okay. I just thought about it. All right, so here we go. We got Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning kings of the AFC West. They lose Tyreek Hill in the offseason. 
they've added a slew of guys to try to kind of replace that production. They've got uh, 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 Juju Smith-Schuster, Van Scantley from uh, Green Bay, and a couple other guys that they're going to help, I uh, think, help to to bolster that position. Um, still, you know, the team to beat, they got knocked off by Cincinnati uh, just because Patrick Mahomes just got greedy. He just wouldn't take the the easy stuff as he had kind of finally figured out that rhythm kind of middle way through the season. Uh, but in the playoff game, he started pressing again, and Cincinnati got him. Uh, you've got the Los Angeles Chargers, who a lot of people were disappointed in. They missed the playoffs by one game last year. Because of, because dumbass Brandon Staley didn't go for the tie. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, their coach went for to win the game, and all they had to do was tie, and they could have made it. To the uh, they tie to the both of them and the Raiders go to the playoffs. You go for the win, which I get. You want to win the game. Don't get me wrong. But that's what you're there to do. You're there to win, right? But yeah. if you want to go to the playoffs to win a championship, and your only way in is to tie, you just take the knee and just take the tie. And go to the playoffs. I'm oh, sorry that. Uh, that that infuriated me, and I and now that we brought it back up, it brought back. It was a trigger. I'm sorry. I'm going to calm down now. Yes, uh, Justin Herbert. People have uh, you know anointed him the next big thing, but um, you know he's still got to make an appearance in the playoffs. Had kind of a up and down year last year after a phenomenal rookie year, so we'll see if you know he can kind of even his play back out in his third year. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders. They add Devontae Adams in the offseason. Unfortunately, uh, Henry Ruggs uh, involved in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a crash with a fatality uh, while drinking and driving, so he will no longer have an NFL career. So, uh, unfortunate uh, occurrence in the offseason where the Raiders, you know, basically are without a person they thought was going to be a big part of their plans. Uh, moving forward, uh, Josh McDaniels is taking over as the head coach for John Gruden. Raiders just had a whole bunch of stuff going on last year uh, as far as on the field, off the field. So uh, maybe this year it'll be all just about football uh, for those guys with Josh McDaniels coming in, uh, trying to bring, uh, a, you know, resurrect his coaching career uh, and, and and get his, you know, resume, his head coaching resume kind of back on track and then we have the Denver Broncos last but not least they uh, made a move for Russell Wilson as they bring him into the fold to try to uh, solve their quarterback issues that they've had over the past decade or so uh, since Peyton Manning uh, left the building Um, Bradley Chubb looks like he's going to be healthy again for the first time in a couple of seasons Uh, Denver's defense has been very good uh under Vic Fangio the last couple of seasons, but uh, they just haven't had the quarterback play uh, to kind of get them over the top. So they're hoping that Russell Wilson can can do that. Uh, Their receiver, uh, Tim Patrick, uh, I think he tore ACL, so he's going to be out for the season. So that is unfortunate for him and uh, knocks out a major cog in their offense. I know that Russell Wilson was looking forward to, to, to having Tim Patrick going forward. 
But uh, we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs, sir. Um, they may be a little bit less explosive, but they may be actually harder to cover now because of just, you know, uh, not having Tyreek Hill as just a one one receiver you got to be deathly afraid of. Now, instead of that one big blow, it could be death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, let's let's uh, do a quick rundown of these receivers real quick. Um, now that you mentioned it, I mean, <laughs> this these are pet, these are the options. Valdez Scantlin, Marquez Valdez Scantlin. Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, Miko Harbin, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, Travis Kelsey, Jordan Franks, Noah Gray. I mean, and if he gets healthy, Justin Ross. That's a lot. A lot of options for Patrick. And then out of the backfield, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jared McKinnon, Ronald Jones. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Patch Mahomes a point guard, just, you know, dishing it out to various people. And so I really, I really like what they did. I really like what they did. I'm really impressed. Yeah, it's, I think Kansas City just got down to the case of, you know, we paid Patrick. Of course, we're not going to be able to start paying everybody when everybody comes up. And instead of paying, you know, they could have paid Tyreek the money. But, you know, oh, yeah. why don't we go and get three or four guys for the price of this one? Because, you know, it's just, you know, they, they just went for the value. Right. Over, over the known commodity, you know. Yeah, they're not, you know, like we said, they're not that home run hitter where they can take a freaking dig route and turn that son of a bitch up the field and next thing you know, something that should gain 17 yards is 77 to the house. But, you know, it, it may make it where Patrick can actually throw the ball deeper and open up some things farther up the field because, you know, it's just not the same threat. Teams are just not going to let Tyreek Hill get behind them. Teams might not have that same fear of Juju Smith-Schuster or, you know, ben, you know, Marquez, you know, uh, Valdez Scantling. Yeah, Valdez Scantling, you know, but that may actually play into Mahomes' hands a little bit more, where he can get over the top of these teams now, uh, which wasn't going to be the case as long as Tyreek Hill uh, was on the field. So, um, the the Chargers, I think are the most talented team in this division. I think that Kansas City is the most coached. They have the best quarterback. But I but I think that if you just stack them up player for player, position by position, offense, defense, ain't nobody got more talent than the Chargers in the AFC. Yeah. I don't know if they have the coaching and the quarterback to to make that jump that they're gonna need to in this division because this division is going to be so cutthroat with the level of quarterback and, uh, and talent that we have. Um, Justin Herbert, is it hype or is it just a little bit too soon for all the praise that he's got? I think, I don't think it's hype. I think he is legit. 
I think he is legit. I think. Uh, let me see. He said, is it hype or is it what? Or is, or is it just a little too soon? Like you're getting too much praise too soon. I, I think it's the, I think the praises are right. I just think, I just think he's just in a, you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, DC4, and now Russ. I just think he he has held his own against those guys, but I just think those guys are slightly better. Now you have the dynamic of Russell Wilson. I just don't think they have the coaching. That's gonna I just don't think they have the coaching. I mean, like I said, look what I mean, Brandon Staley, granted he did go Nine and eight in this first season, but that could have been nine seven and one and the spot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Then we have I, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I just think that I think with with the Chargers, um they added some pretty good elements on huh? not only on offense, but on defense. I mean, you look at, they got J.C. Jackson from the Patriots, Sebastian Joseph Dagos across the hall at SoFi from the Rams to the Chargers, Gerald Everett, former Ram and Seahawk. He is there now. Um, Morgan Fox, he goes from Carolina to the L.A. Chargers, Kyle Van Noy. So, there's a lot of good there's a lot of another some more good pieces there. I, I I think Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr reuniting with Devontae Adams, probably gonna have a much friendlier uh, offensive coordinator head coach relationship with uh, Josh McDaniels than he did with John Gruden. I just don't ever got the sense that John Gruden was ever happy with Derek Carr, no matter how well he played. I mean, the man signed Nathan Peterman for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get any more shade than that. The the position that everybody's watching with the Raiders, of course, is running back uh, because everybody knows that Josh McDaniels just, just doesn't adhere to a bell cow running back type of situation. It's usually a committee. So people are already suspecting that, you know, Josh Jacobs is probably going to be the starter, but just a starter in name. Uh, and then how he deploys everybody else is be kind of the thing to watch. Uh, defensively, uh, Raiders, they have a very good front seven, but their secondary is still a little shady. Uh, so that may be another Achilles heel that held them back last year late in the season. Uh, they're going to try to shore that up this year to keep them from uh, blowing so many leads uh, late in the fourth quarter just by having bad pass defense. Uh, so your thoughts on the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, is this the redemption story for his head coaching career, or is he just another Belichick protege waiting to get exposed? Until I'm proven otherwise, I think it's the latter. I mean, I 
don't trust Josh Daniels as far as I can throw him. I mean, just given the history, uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, just given the history of the whole. Um, it's running in Denver. Yeah, the time in Denver. And then, then the Indianapolis Colts fiasco is about to uh, was introduced. Well, well, he was announced, and then he probably, said, uh, "Probably found out Andrew Luck was going to retire." He was like, "Oh hell no!" Right. <laughs> and so, um, and now, so it's going to be interesting. I mean. He 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 had the miracle run with Tim Tim Tebow um, in two thousand nine. Then of course twelve games, videotaping scandal. So like I said, I mean, Belichick proteges haven't fared very well, and I don't think he, based on the division that. He's in. I don't think he's going to. He's do as well. I think he's lucky. He has Devontae Adams there. That'll help. But we'll see. I like I said. We, we'll just see the jury's still out on that one. Denver Broncos. They've got Russell Wilson now uh, to kind of solidify their quarterback situation. Uh, offensively, they've got uh, Melvin Gordon and um, the Williams kid from uh, North Carolina uh, in the backfield, so they're strong there. Uh, like I said, they lost Tim Patrick, but their receiving core uh, looks pretty good as well. The tight end uh, situation looks pretty good. So offensively, it looks like they're ready to roll. Uh, defensively, they've been one of the better defenses uh, over the past couple of seasons. Uh, so does Denver become the most serious threat just because their defense may be better, I think, than Vegas and maybe slightly ahead of the Chargers, even though the Chargers had more names on their defense? Uh, is it Denver's defense that's ultimately going to get them over the hump in this division? Well, I'd say their defense has always been there, even after Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, left in that trade. I think, you know, Russell Wilson looks like he's happy again. He was in, looks like those last few years in Seattle, he was not happy at all. He looks like he was just tolerating his teammates. So now that he's free from that situation, uh, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, inside-outside combination. I think that this defense is, has already been there. I mean, Bradley Chubb, Josie Jewell, uh, Malik Reed, Ronald Darby, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan II. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added K1 Williams. They got Kareem Jackson out there. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think that there is a lot to like about the defense and also even more to like with the offense 
And I think when you get Tim Patrick back in that in that lineup, it's going to be even more dangerous than they already are. All right, man. So this is the division that's going to have the most interest coming into the season, just because of all the quarterbacks and the moves that have been made uh, over in the AFC West. Who is your division winner for this year's AFC West? Division winner, Kansas City still. All right, Kansas City still the Kings. And who do you have, if any, as a wild card team? So let me just uh, just run it back here real quick. You've had uh, Buffalo as a division. I want to have, yeah. I just thought about it, so I had because I took Tennessee off my board. Uh, I got Denver as a wild card. You know what? Let me throw Tennessee back on there. I'm going to go with Denver as a wild card. Okay. So that should be that's seven, right? Wait. Yeah. That's or do I have eight? Buffalo, Miami. That's in Miami. Yep, you said Miami. Okay, Buffalo, Miami. I said Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Did I put Baltimore in there? I think you did. Okay, let me take Baltimore out. Tennessee stays. And Indianapolis, Tennessee. Kansas City. There you go. Yeah, there's my seven right there. Okay. All right. So no Baltimore. But you think Tennessee... It's gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's, it's gonna sneak in as a wild card, and then we've got Kansas City, and you've got Denver. So, just, so Justin Herbert misses the playoffs three years in a row as the best mm-hmm. young prospect in the game. He's almost in Josh Allen territory. Yeah. If he doesn't make the playoffs this year, there's going to be a lot of people looking. Well, they won't really look at him unless he just totally stinks it up. But yeah, Staley, he going to be you know, on the hottest of seats. He he might not make it through the off season. Right. He might get fired, which wouldn't be fair to him. But you can't mess around. Well, he kind of brought that on himself. Yeah, so I said you can't mess around when you got such a, a young court and all that other talent around the, the quarterback. So yeah, he got a he got a lot of pressure on him, I think, to, to really to really get it done. I mean he ain't gotta he ain't gotta win the Super Bowl, but he at least gotta make the playoffs. Right. Alright man, so time for the moment of truth. Who will represent the AFC in this year's Super Bowl? Oh it's a tough one. Um, it's loaded. AFC representation. AFC is going to be represented by the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills will find a way to overcome Kansas City, get revenge for that game. I think they get the home field. Kansas City has to go to Fridge of Buffalo. Buffalo gets to the Super Bowl. Hmm. All right. He said the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a chic pick. I think a lot of people are, are really bullish on Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. I just think that they play in a dome, so if they can get 
the home field advantage. Matt Ryan won't have to go nowhere where there will be weather. They have, But they have an offense and a team that's built to play outside if they had to, um, which they showed a couple of years ago when they went toe-to-toe with Buffalo and almost won with, with Phillip Rivers. Uh, so I just really think that Matt Ryan, if, if everything, if he can stay upright and they have health throughout the season, I just think Indianapolis with a better quarterbacking is geared to beat a lot of teams in the AFC, and, and they could definitely go to the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking the Colts. Interesting. Um, do you think Patrick Mahomes makes it to a fifth straight in an AFC championship game? I mean, every year he started, he's at least gone to the AFC championship game. Do you think that he continues that streak this year? I think I think um, yeah because I think they will I think Indianapolis goes to the championship but it's in Buffalo they lose okay alright alright Dwayne so that's it man we're uh, we're all done with our NFL season preview. You have the Rams going up against the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl with the Rams coming out victorious, I think, as your uh, as your final uh, thought there, the confetti coming down. I've got the Rams against the Colts and the Rams with the confetti coming down as well. So uh, we both have the same uh, Super Bowl champion, but it'll be interesting to see if the team that they play against will be the same as what we pick. So looking forward to this season ahead, looking to what the commanders are gonna give me. You know they're gonna cause me a lot of a lot of a lot of frustrating anxiety and yeah, I'm be throwing stuff and if I go out to bars it'll make me drink too much. But hey man, it's the NFL. There's only eighteen of them seventeen of them now, so you know gotta enjoy them while you can and uh, you know we'll be here talking about it weekly here on Know the Score so Dwayne at this time sir I'm going to turn it over to you for a final thought and if you don't have a final thought your shout outs and thank yous uh, yes uh, shout out to shout out to you my good friend Don thank you as always for having your boy on I definitely appreciate talking sports with you and shout out to um shout out to all the good people at the Rasslecast, all the content creators I also want to say um I also want to say shout out to the listeners thank you and my final thought is the basketball court. Um, Patrick Beverly was traded from the Utah Jazz to the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, he was part of that big Rudy Gobert trade. I kind of find this very interesting now because he now has to team up with Russell Westbrook. And if you know the history of Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, Oh my goodness. Man, oh man, do they have a history. And it is not a favorable one. So I can't wait to see how 
this dynamic will happen and we'll see yeah I'm I'm looking forward to training Kansas to see how that plays out because that's gonna be some must see TV and as much as I hate the Lakers that's gonna entertain the crap out of me <laughs> but yeah that that's my final thought for the for the day though Dwayne I gotta give a shout out to you thank you sir for uh coming on and, and helping me preview the NFL season. It's been a lot of fun uh, going through these divisions and uh, and breaking these teams down and uh, trying to look through our crystal balls to see what they're going to do in this upcoming season. I think it's everybody uh, on the CSPN. We definitely appreciate everybody here on the network, everybody at the Comic Book Chronicles, all the co-hosts that helped me on the WrestleCast. Uh, we definitely appreciate each and everybody who uh, shows up and uh, helps keep this content going thank you to all the listeners please subscribe to the patreon page over on the patreon feed at patreon.com forward slash cspn media where you can find more content uh over on our patreon page um i'll give my final thought on its fantasy football draft season so please uh yes um receivers and quarterbacks i think are going to be the way to go this year unless you can get you one of those um, you know, surefire people who put their feet in the paint as running backs, which is becoming fewer and fewer. Um, also, get you those guys who can do more. So, get you a running quarterback, get you a, a, a running back that gets a lot of catches out of the backfield, um, get you a receiver that gets some rushing yards, you know, do something that other people aren't doing uh, in your fantasy draft this year. Um, you know, Go for the gusto. Go for the people who score who score touchdowns. Yards and all that stuff is cool, but the most points come if you can score touchdowns. So just think about that when you're in round seven of your fantasy draft and you're looking for some players and you're not sure. Just look at them touchdown numbers, and that'll, uh, that, that'll make the decision for you. So good luck to everybody who's going to be in the CSPN Media Fantasy League this year. We've got a 16-team league going. Uh, so good luck to everybody. Uh, this year in their fantasy draft. Hopefully uh, all their players will be healthy. Uh, looking forward to the draft on Sunday. So it's going to be this Sunday at 6 p.m. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. And we'll have the uh, the aftermath on the next edition of the score. So for my co-host, Dwayne, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. And now you know the score.